everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ether Hour. I am your host, Conrad Franz, joined, of course, by Dimitri Kalyagin. It's the middle of March 2023, right in the midst of the expulsion or attempted expulsion of the monks uh, led by Metropolitan Pavel from the Kiev Pechersk Lavra in Ukraine. The war, of course, is raging on. It seems that the religious rhetoric on both, on, from Putin especially, is increasing as the uh, you know, the, the Russian people view the enemy as more and more of a anti-Christian force. And so I think this is an appropriate time to talk about what we're going to be talking about in this episode. Don't you think, Dimitri? Absolutely, Conrad. I think it's it's also important for, you know, Orthodox Christians to not just return to, you know, veneration of the saints and prayer during these great times, you know, during this time of great land, but also, you know, in, in terms of contemplative prayer, uh, especially for the uh, Orthodox brothers and sisters in the Ukraine at the moment, especially those monks of the Kiev Picturesque caves who are undergoing quite uh, an eschatological sort of perhaps even ancient um, ancient type of uh, you know persecution and confessorship. So we of course support them and everything. But um, today, the third episode, yeah, well, it's definitely full full of examples of uh, people who also have been not not really persecuted throughout their life but definitely who have undergone some sort of tribulation from the forces of darkness in their own capacity and uh, perhaps do warrant not just veneration but canonization in the future no it's um it's really going to be a fantastic episode this is some of our favorite things to talk about in general like we would probably have this conversation even if it wasn't being recorded so now we can record it and share it with you so we're going to dive right into this by talking about the new martyrs of optina who were martyred in easter of 1993 on the night of pascha itself actually right after the great feast and they resided in the Optina Monastery, which for those who are Orthodox may already be familiar with that famous northern hermitage in Russia. And they were martyred explicitly by a Satanist in a, in a Satanic fashion. And they themselves are now widely venerated across Russia. It was three monks, one of them being a Hira monk. And we're going to get into a little bit more about them, the background and the murders. Yeah, of course. And uh, the Optina Monastery, of course, famous for its Optina elders who, you know, came to much renown in the 1800s, um, kind of uh, responsible for the, you can call it the Silver Age of Russian Orthodoxy. Um, you know, many of the famous philosophers, Russian literature writers, um, poets, and basically celebrities of all kinds, including uh, including nobility would visit some of these uh, great elders in the Optina Monastery throughout the 1800s, the 1860s, 70s, 80s, all the way into even the Soviet regime, ending around the 1930s and 40s, uh, around the world, the time of World War II. And that's when the Optina Monastery kind of went into a bit of a, I guess, a downturn with uh, not with monasticism kind of taking a more low-key position during the um, years of the Cold War. But this kind of reinvigoration and disappearance of these three wonderful new, I guess, uh, technically already uh, de facto saints in the Optina Monastery in the 1990s is something both miraculous and special, especially on a night such as Easter. Of course, this event, which took place in 1993, is both providential as well as, I guess, a great lesson for all Orthodox Christians to always be prepared for uh, whenever, whatever time the Lord has prepared for their passing, even if it be on the greatest feast day of the year, um, when you know most of us are all uh, in you know celebrating with great festivity and joy, and even in in a place such as the Optina Monastery, which many consider to be one of the safest places on earth in terms of 
um, Seraphim of Sarov and all the prophecies related to that and how he mentioned the Antichrist not being able to, you know, actually come into Optina and uh, the protection of the Theotokos over this monastery. And then for this event to actually take place there and uh, be conducted by this evil man who probably possessed by many demons and uh, his own personal passions and sins commits this, you know, heinous crime and takes takes the lives of these free, free monks. I think all these things are, of course, greatly providential, but also um, a big blessing for the church in order to re-establish this uh, local veneration of, I guess, few recent saints. Um, yeah, definitely uh, a lot to consider here. And their lives are so well written as well, Conrad. I'm not sure you've probably read a few interviews of them over the years, but even the monks during the 1990s and 80s, they were so... And like the orthodoxy was just uh, a light in such a way that even when they were being interviewed at the Optimum Monastery, these three uh, Giga Chad monks would basically answer open questions. Like there's there's written interviews uh, recorded by the monks when people would ask, well, how's the Optimum Monastery going in the late 80s? And, you know, of St. Basil, the future, I guess uh, we can call him Brother Basil at this point, one of the monks who was martyred at the monastery, he would, you know, he would reply, well, the monastery is doing great. And he would actually comment on the local Orthodox culture and some of the things he would do at the monastery. And these people were very passionate about their Christianity and, you know, for their life to be taken in such a way, I think on, on the Easter night, it's uh, definitely a great symbol for us Orthodox people to carry. No. And we're going to, of course, talk more about the future saints, Basil, Therapont and Trophim, their lives, the circumstance of their death. And it's great. They've now joined the ranks of such fantastic saints as St. Paul and St. Ambrose of Optina, who, remember, for those who Dostoevsky fans who've read the Brothers Karamazov, Elder Zosima is based, I believe, on St. Ambrose of Optina, who Dostoevsky had some contact and experience with in his life. So this is this is a cultural wellspring of, of Christianity, I think, in the, and of course a, a wellspring of miracles and saints. And of course the other two, we, we talked about St. Uh, future Saint Basil, he was the the priest monk of the three. He before his um, before his martyrdom, he was actually on the way to confess, and he was known as a very powerful conf father confessor, as in a not a confessor before God. Well, he is now, but as a someone who receives and hears confessions in the priestly role, he was known to always remain fully silent. But he was considered a fantastic prayerful neighbor in the sense that he. Upon hearing all confessions, he was the type who, like spoken about in Dostoevsky and the Brothers Karamazov, he was a lover of mankind. He would take the sins of others onto himself and beg Christ for his forgiveness and beg the saints and the Theotokos to, to aid in prayer for that forgiveness. And there's all sorts of stories of nuns, of, of, of citizens talking about, talking about Father Basil and how, he, how they loved and would feel fantastic peace and and a boost in, I guess, their spiritual life after regularly confessing with him, which I think I think is a very beautiful thing.